Father, we thank you. We thank you because you are unshakable. You are unstoppable. And there's no one like you. So, Lord, as we come in your presence today, we come to you with hope. We come to you with assurance that you are God and you're God alone. And you can do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or think. So, Lord, thank you for another opportunity to come together as your family. There's two churches in this building today, but in you, we're one. We're one body. And, Lord, we come together exalting you, brought together by the Holy Spirit to lift you up, to glorify you, and to give you all the praise. So in this moment, Lord, have your way with all of us. And it's our prayer, Lord, as we are here today, we know the pastor of this local congregation is taking time away. Lord, be with her right now. Strengthen her, her family, Lord. Allow them to have time of refreshing because they've spent so, many so much time refreshing others. But Lord, today we need to hear a word from you. So right now I decrease and ask that you would increase. That the focus would be on you and not on me. We need you to speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. And right now, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, my strength, our strength, and our Redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Well, I told I had to give an important announcement first. So all children... Pre-K to fifth grade, you are dismissed. If I didn't say that, I would have been in trouble. So I wanted to make sure, make sure that is said. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate that. Listen, it is an honor to be with you on, a, on behalf of the Movement Church. We are so excited to be here with you today. If I can have those that are a part of the Movement Church, if you could just uh, stand up and just wave for a moment just very quickly. Oh, Amen. 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 We're just so glad to be here at Clarksburg Church. Praise God. Amen. Amen. It took, well, it took my family about an hour, a little over an hour to get here. Um, and it was such a beautiful drive. But you picked the coldest day for us to come. <laughs> but we are just so thankful to be here. Pastor Beth is such a friend to myself and my wife, Camille. Um, she's a thought leader. She is a powerful pastor, uh, minister of the word, and I'm just honored to be co-laboring the gospel with her. So uh, again, this is just an honor for us to be here. I just want to say thank you. Thank you, Alicia. Thank you for the team, for everyone else that take part in putting everything together, things we don't usually see that happen behind the scenes. You ready to get into the word? Yes. All right, let's do that. I realized something as I've gone, gone, grown, excuse me, grown older. And the older I get, I recognize that it's more important to stop focusing on what I see and start listening to what God says. And to be upfront, what we see is very depressing, isn't it? I mean, if you think about it, if, if you watch the news or if you scroll social media, whatever you do, there's almost 99% depressing information out there. A six-year-old child shoots his teacher. 
we see about the wars and we, we hear about the dangers that's all around and it just seems so depressing out there. When we think about the political landscape, so depressing. But then we look in our own communities. We look in our own families and we're going to be really affront. Sometimes we look at ourselves and we see some things that we don't like. And it seems impossible that anything's ever going to change. It seems impossible that there will be something different that occurs in this nation, in our communities, in our families, in our churches, and even in ourselves. But here's the thing. Jesus says in his word, and we see it throughout scripture, what it says up here on the screen. Let's see if I caught it right. Yes. With God, all things are possible. Anyone ever heard of that? Yeah, Matthew chapter 19, verse 26. It says, with God, all things are possible. And then if we go to Mark chapter 9, 23, it says, all things are possible for him or her and her who believes. So if we were to put it all together, what you would see is this. With God, all things are possible for them who believe. And we know this, don't we? We know that there's nothing impossible for God, true? All right, you can feel free to talk back. It's okay. I'm not, <laughs> not going to say wrong answer. It's okay. All right. But with God, all things are possible. We know that with God, all things are possible, right? But sometimes it's so hard to believe that, isn't it? Sometimes it's hard to believe that all things are possible because we get into our own situations or we see the issues that's in front of us or we've dealt with the same situation for years. And it seems like this is impossible. When we look at what's happening outside of us, we think it's impossible, even though we know that. So today, what I want to do, because we, we know this stuff, I want to present to you a question, really hopefully I should say, an answer to a question that will help us to kind of break that, to get beyond this idea that, listen, we know intellectually God could do this, but it's hard for us to believe. But I want to shift us to a place where we can, we can always, no matter what we're going through, no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're dealing with, we can recognize, hold on, it's possible. All things are possible with God. And I'm not going to shake, I'm not going to waver, I'm not going to get worried, because I, can, I know that God can take care of this, and he's still in control. So to do that, I want to take you to the book of John, chapter 5. In the book of John, chapter 5, is a powerful story that's there in that scripture, and some of you are very familiar with this passage. It's the story of the healing of the lame man or the paralyzed man by the pool of Bethesda. And John records this passage because for two reasons. One, one is he wants to make sure that people know that Jesus is God. So he wanted to make it clear by showing through this healing, through this miracle, that Jesus is God. But here's the other piece. He wanted people to recognize that Jesus is the one who has been prophesied. He is the one that people have been talking about. And what was that prophecy? That the lame would walk that the lame would be able to get up and walk. And we see that happening here. So let's jump into the scripture. It's in, again, John chapter 5. It says, Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. There were three in particular where people got called back to, Ju to Jerusalem. 
So he was there for one of them. We don't know which one. But it says, inside the city near the sheep gate, that's the place where they bring in the, the animals to be sacrificed. So by this place where the animals were brought in for sacrifice was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. And the scripture continues, crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. Let me just say this. This is an aside, not really part of my message, but in my heart right now. Just because there's a crowd doesn't mean that everyone there is healthy. And too often we run and think people that have the crowd are doing some great things. And sometimes there's just as many lame, sick, paralyzed people right up in the crowd that's just laying there because they're close to something. And that's something or someone is not Jesus. Let me keep going. That's a whole message there. I'm going to let that go. All right, so <laughs> continuing the scripture, one of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? That seems to me like an obvious question with an obvious answer, doesn't it? If you're sick, let me just check. I'm just going to check because I, I don't want to be wrong. If you're sick and I've asked you if you want to get well, what will you say? Yes. Of course, right? So it seems like, I'm like, Jesus, why would you ask this question? Why would you ask such a question? Would you want to get well? Would you like to get well? Why do you want to, why would you say that? Well, the thing is, sometimes when we've gone through something for so long, it gets to the point that we have given up. And we don't even think we can get well anymore. We don't think things can change anymore. We don't think something is possible anymore because we've dealt with it for so long. So the question I want to ask you, and I think the Lord is focusing on us today, would you like to get well? Another way to say that, do you want things to change? Do you want something in your life, this situation you've been dealing with for so long, do you want it to actually change or have you given up? You know, for some of us, we've gone through difficulties. Maybe it's a relationship in our marriage or with our children. Maybe it's something that happened in our families, our larger families. Maybe it's with our health, another situation on the job, whatever it may be. But you've been dealing with it for so long that you don't even think you can get well anymore. You don't even have an answer to this question. But today, I want you to get back to that. And I want you to answer that question with the affirmative, the affirmative. yes. I want to get well. Do you want to get well? Well, let's go back to this man. Because no, some of you know the scripture, and some of you read ahead already, you, you high-achieving people. <laughs> already read ahead. And he says two words. He starts out with two words. He should have said yes. He should have said, of course. But he said, I can't. Because he lost hope. 38 years. That's a long time, isn't it? Some of you aren't even 38 years old. 38 years is a long time to be paralyzed, a long time for nothing to happen. And he said, I can't. He lost all hope. But listen, there's just a few things I want to share with you today. This is the first thing. 
Don't lose hope because things haven't changed yet. Don't lose hope because you haven't seen a change happen in your life, happen in your community, happen in our churches, happen in your situation. Don't lose hope because things haven't changed. Sometimes, you know, we're going through things, we're going through things, and we're dealing with the same thing over and over. We wake up, there it is. We go to sleep, it's still there. We wake up the next day, there it is again. And we keep focusing on it, and nothing has changed in this situation. But sometimes, it's not because God hasn't heard our cries. It's simply that he hasn't finished with you yet. It's simply that we have to get to the place where our hearts, our minds, our focus, our direction has to be, Lord, no matter what, yes, it's been 10 years, yes, it's been 10 seconds, yes, it's been 20 years, 30 years, whatever, but I'm going to focus on you, I'm going to trust in you, and I'm not going to lose my hope because things haven't changed yet. I kind of feel like that this man has some hope in the beginning. You know, when things for us as believers, when things just happen, and when problems just come, we're like, yeah, God's going to change this. I believe it. And then 2020 comes. The year of clarity. The year, this is going to be a great year, 2020, year of vision. 2020, get it. Oh, God is speaking. Woo! And then a pandemic hits. What in the world? Some of us didn't even say the word pandemic ever in our life. Then a pandemic hits us, and it totally changes everything, doesn't it? And then we say, hold on, 2020 is over, 2021. Thank you, Lord. We got through it. We made it. Our children got through that fake homeschool thing that they did, and things are better. You know, we're going to do it. 2021 is our year. Then we dealt with racial unrest, disruption, abuse, all sorts of craziness politically. Things that we never thought we would see happen in 2021. But no, 2022, yes, 2022, that is just going to be our year. Yes! And same thing continues. And guess what? Happy New Year. (laughs) 2023. And the reports already is that the rates of COVID are increasing. That maybe we got to go back to masking again. We still see some, someone said, no, Lord, no. (laughs) We still still see some of the same things that we are dealing with. But we can't lose hope because we haven't seen a change yet. But let me continue in this story that is in the scripture. We can go to the next verse. It says, so the person said, I can't, sir. Let's finish the rest of the verse. For I have no one to put me into the pool When the water bubbles up, someone else always get there ahead of me. Now, obviously, he's talking about his situation. And if you were to read this, uh, read this passage or these passages in other translations, you would read about this pool and that the belief during that time was that as the pool bubbles up, the first person, the first few people that get there, they would be healed. No one, there's nothing that says that's actually true. But that was the belief during that time. So he had attached himself to the belief, and he said, no one is helping me to get to that pool. 
Everyone is going ahead of me. Everyone is getting there before me. Now, has anyone ever felt like everyone is going or getting ahead of you? Okay, maybe it's just me. There's been times where I felt like, you know, I'm trying and doing the best that I can, but it seems like everyone is getting ahead of me. And it seems like there's those that are assisting others, and they're getting the help they need, but I'm not getting the help I need, and everyone is getting there. Listen, I don't know how many of you go on social media, but if you go on social media, you start scrolling or whatever you look at, doesn't it seem like everyone's living the perfect life? (laughs) I mean, you look at them, they got pictures, their smile is better than yours, their jobs better than ours, their houses and stuff. Their children are going to Howard and Harvard, and they're only 12 years old. It's like, wow, you know, everyone is, is better than us. Seems like they're doing so much better. But, you know, all that stuff is just lies. And people got their little glamour shot there, but most of the time they're just as ugly as ugly can be and all that stuff, right? No, there's no ugly people in the Lord, right? No. So, <laughs> but we're only seeing what people are presenting. But we have that feeling that everyone is getting ahead of us. And we get so focused on that. We get so focused on what everyone else is doing. We get so focused on how many people are getting help and we're not getting help. We get so focused on how people are getting ahead of us. And we also get focused on what success means in this society. Just like this man did. I will be healed if I do what everyone else is doing if I go along the pattern that they're going along. Listen, look at what happens next. (laughs) Or let me say it this way. Don't allow any excuse to cause you to miss what God can do. Don't allow any excuse to cause you to miss what God can do. He started focusing on all the excuses why he could not. And Jesus only asked the simple question, do you want to get well? Well, you know, I can't because, you know, everyone and everyone is, and I can't make it. He didn't ask all that. Jesus didn't say, listen, tell me your life story or tell me why you can't. No. Simple question. Do you want it? Yes, you should say. But he had all these excuses. And I learned years ago, excuses are tools of the incompetent, which build monuments of nothingness. Those who indulge in excuses are seldom capable of anything but what? Excuses. That's it. And excuses are the enemy's way for us to stop looking at God and start looking at our issues. It's for us to just say, really, that what we, go, we are going through is bigger than the God we serve. That God cannot handle this situation. Don't allow any excuses to cause you to miss what God can do. Are you with me? So in this next part, it's just interesting what happens next. Look at what it says. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Guess what Jesus did not tell him? Let me help you to that pool. Here, let me get some of the brothers. Let me get some of the brothers and the sisters, because they're strong too. Let's get them all together. And let's just help you get to the, come on, let's get you to the pool because we're going we're gonna to make sure you get there first this time. Come on, let's get there. Let's. Jesus didn't say that. He said, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. 
he told him to do something totally different from what everyone else thought. Everyone else thought they would get their healing from the pool. And Jesus said, you're getting your healing from me. Follow what I say, not what they do. You know, Beth and I have had conversations about church and different things. And sometimes we can get so focused on what the big churches are doing, right? It seems like they got it going on. And you know what we do sometimes as those of us that are in so-called smaller churches? We go to their conferences. We take notes on what they did. And we try to apply it to ourselves like, oh, we're going to do this. What they got smoke? We're going to get some smoke. Yeah, because, oof, God tell you, smoke is going to make the church go, yeah. We start trying to do what they're doing. But guess what? They don't have the pattern for you. Clarksburg pattern, pattern, excuse me, Clarksburg pattern isn't in the big church frame. You know who has it? Jesus. There's something specific in Clarksburg that you're going to do and that you need to do. Movement Church, same thing. Our pattern is not what they're doing around the corner. Our pattern is not what they're doing at the next big church. It's what Jesus said. Listen, they're taking people to a pool, and that's great. But Jesus is telling us to stand up. And the thing is, we have to stop making excuses, and instead we need to make the adjustment. In fact, I say it like this. Make adjustments and follow the pattern that God has provided. That's what we have to do. It's not about what everyone else is doing, what they can do, and what they have, and what they can get. It's about what Jesus can do in and through us. I hope you're getting this. He has given us the pattern, and all we have to do is follow what he has given us, and we will be all right. If you don't believe me, you can read in the book of Exodus. In the book of Exodus, there's this wonderful, wonderful passages of Scripture that is so interesting to read, where you're reading about how they make all the linen and the garments and how they put all the pieces of the bill. It's not that interesting, actually. But it's like, <laughs> but you read it. It's, it's no stories are really happening there, but you're reading about how they're putting together the tabernacle, and God has given them all the instructions to put together the tabernacle and to put together the clothes for the, the priest and all the other stuff. And, you know, I'm reading this stuff, and I'm like, oh, God. I love your word, but this is hard because this is not interesting to me. But there's a beautiful line that you will see throughout all those instructions about how to put those pieces together. You know what it says? Follow the pattern that I've given you every single time. Follow the pattern that I've shown you. Why? Because you could follow everyone else's pattern. And it might be a good pattern, but it's not God's pattern. Follow the pattern I show you. That's how things are possible. He told this man, stand, pick up your mat, and walk. And look what happens next. Scripture says this, instantly, I love that, instantly the man was healed. And guess what he did? He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. Did he go towards the pool? No. (laughs) Did he say, hey, y'all, I can walk now. I'm getting in the pool. No. He was already, guess what? Healed. The scripture says instantly he was healed. 
Why? Because he stopped making excuses and made the adjustments, and he decided to stand up and guess what? Walk. Now, I don't know if you could tell, I really work hard on this. If I go to the gym, I know I'm trying. I say, I didn't know that. I can't tell. But I go to the gym. <laughs> and when I go to the gym, it's interesting because the, in the gym, there's kind of this um, masculine, macho, bravado, alpha male type stuff going on in the gym, right? So I go in, and I walk in, and, you know, I walk by some guys, and they look me up and down, and then they, they do something. They do this. They go, Like, what is that? <laughs> like, I'll just walk by and they're, 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 they're. I'm like, okay. And then they'll start walking like this all around. And I'm like, bro, you don't have a chest. What are you poking out? <laughs> but what I appreciate is that somewhere in their mind, they have conjured up that. I am stronger and bigger than you, and I'm going to show you by pressing out my chest as big as I can, as forward as I can, and I'm going to walk as tough as as I can walk so that you can feel like I'm strong or something like that. I at least appreciate the effort that they have. But I look at that and I think about us as Christ followers. See, when Jesus says walk, he's not talking about us going, Lord's helping me. One day he's going to do it. Oh, yeah, I think so. He's telling us to lift up our heads. He's telling us to stick, up, stick out our chest, even if there's not much there. <laughs> and he's telling us to walk forward in all that he's called us to do and in all that he's called us to be. We have to be willing to stand, to pick up that mat that we've been settled on, that the the thing we thought was impossible, pick that stuff up. Because I kind of believe, I don't see it in Scripture, I can't find it, and no one studied this, and there's no history about it, but I kind of believe that this man probably picked up his mat that he's been laying on for a long time and trashed that thing. Now, that's from... Richard chapter 1, so you don't have to quote that. But I believe he picked up that mat, and he trashed it because he no longer needed it. And he decided to walk boldly in the Lord because God had given him what he needed. And what I wanted to make clear with you today, so clear, is that we have to, get, we have to desire to get well. We have to desire change. We have to be willing to take a stand. We have to be willing to get up because Jesus has already given us a word. I know Jesus has given Clarksburg the word because I heard Pastor Beth teach. I know how she teaches. And all we have to do is get up and walk. And I believe you can do it. You know why? With God, all things are possible. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you have showed us so clearly, Lord, 
through this real story of a paralyzed man being able to walk, that in our paralyzed situations and problems and issues, things that hasn't changed for years, things that seem impossible, that no matter how long it's been, no matter how difficult it may seem, that all things are possible with you. So Lord, I ask you right now that you would guide, that you would direct, that you would help us to know that there's nothing too hard. There's nothing impossible in you that you want us to do, that you want us to accomplish. That there's no sickness that can be healed, can't be healed. There's no situation that you cannot fix. There's no relationship you can't mend. There's no heart that you cannot change. Use us as your church, as your body. Use us. Help us, Lord, to take a stand. Help us to pick up that mat, discard it, and walk forward in you. Help us to fully believe that you are God, you are God alone, and that in you, Lord, nothing is impossible. Help us, Lord, to be willing to move forward in you. In Jesus' name.